that's the worst that can happen if you go through any type of heartache any hard moments and you really didn't learn anything from it because life tends to be a cycle it'll come back and hit you again and if you're not ready you're going to go through the same type of process and maybe even worse the next time welcome to the adversity to advantage podcast I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Today we have got, oh my goodness, Javier. Javier, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you to say your name. I'm gonna get you to say your name. Thank you very much. Javier Gutierrez. There you go. That I'll get you to repeat it later. Um, but <laughs> I love that you just sort of found me. You found the podcast, the website, you're all the way out in, in Chicago, but originally from Mexico. And we'll hear a little bit of, of your story, but you were drawn to the, the theme around diversity and turning your, your life around. Just tell us what drew you to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So again, once again, thank you for having me. But what really drew me to it was just the, the aspect that it kind of related to my life, um, turning adversity into an advantage and then just learning how to move forward with life in the best way possible, just taking it as a growth period. And that's something that drew me to it, kind of looked into it more. My PR team contacted you and here we are. Here we are, here we are indeed. Uh, so tell us yeah. a little bit about uh, you, kind of what makes you passionate at the moment? What gets you out of bed? Well, uh, quick overview of me. So I, I'm a 40-year-old man here in uh, Chicago, Illinois. I've been here three years, uh, born and raised in Monterrey, Mexico. So completely different uh, atmosphere, culture, yeah. things, nature. But um, I played professional baseball in Mexico for a while. After that, I came back to the United States. Um, did some things with personal training, which I still do right now in health and fitness and nutrition. And then um, I went through a really low period of my time, which caused me to really kind of reflect and really kind of, you know, realize what was I doing wrong with my life? Because obviously I was in a different path that I shouldn't have been that got me there. And I had to take personal responsibility for that. And then I realized, obviously, the things I would needed to work on, which was not an overnight process. It took many, many years. But I realized that a little bit of time ended up taking, a, a, you know, adding up. So I got to the point where I finally realized that I was progressing and, and kind of growing as a person, as a human being. And, you know, it just kind of spilled over to all areas of my life, professionally, relationship, and just self-improvement-wise. So... It's been a long process, but again, that's, that's what life is. It's a long game. It's not a short one. I love that. It is a, the long game. It's not just the, the short bit. So, so give us a bit of, because I know you're a mindset coach, you're an entrepreneur, um, yes. you do the personal training, so you kind of wear lots of hats and are really into the, the personal growth, uh, yes. but it wasn't always this way. Um, right. You play professional baseball, you're out in Mexico. Give us a little bit of context to what it was like growing up for you, do you think that, that your life experiences early on kind of set you up for, for the real world, I guess? Well, uh, first off, yeah, I was, I've been blessed to have two great parents. They're great parents, amazing, still have them with me right now. Um, thank God for that. Um, they've been great role models with that. They're probably the two of my best teachers that have taught me a lot of things. The problem with, with that is when you have two great parents, 
you don't tend to listen to them at a young age. That's true. Um, it doesn't really hit hard until you start realizing you going through life and then you realizing I should have listened to my dad. I should have listened to my mother. They had a point. And that's what I encourage a lot of people that are younger. I was like, be very open and, and to listening to them because they've gone through ups and downs. You have not. And they can maybe help you avoid some of these things. So do not overlook some of the knowledge they're throwing at you and just let it go one ear and out the other because it can be extremely useful. Like I said, the issue with me is I just was not ready to hear it. And some people just aren't. So first off, so like I said, they, they, raised me great. They, there was really no excuse to me to go off the path other than me just not listening and not following that guidance. But I was, like I said, I was very athletic in high school. I ended up playing, going to college in Mexico um, because I went to college or to a high school here in the United States. Then I went to college in Mexico. Then I um, ended up playing professional baseball, which transitioned into a lot of athletic training after my days of playing baseball. So that became where I got into training athletes and then just for the fitness and the nutrition side. And then it just kind of developed in me personally where like fitness, overall health comes with mental health and physical health. And when you're training your body to do some things that obviously at the beginning were believing I could do, it transitions into believing that you, you can transition into your mindset, into your whole life and just kind of grow into that aspect so i always preach you know healthy mind healthy body works great together and not just individually entities but just as a whole do you think just that the sport side of things helped you in that and, and where i'm going with this is you know there's a lot on conditioning and masculinity and this yeah. idea that a man and especially a sporty man you know that you've got to present a certain front or be a certain way and that sort of thing right but here you're talking about that mental health as well as physical health. And I'm wondering what that, the early kind of feeling or conditioning was around, you know, what you felt was expected of you as a man. Right. Well, as in, like you think, if you think of a alpha male, I guess, if people talk about alpha males and yeah. you do think a lot of people have the misconceptions that, you know, they're, you know, you have to be a, a ladies man and you're very, you know, manly and you're doing, and you're not really focusing even on the emotional side yeah. uh, that you you know empathize with people people come up to you you know they feel like you're able to talk to you well communicate well with those things i think as a leader you should have those obviously things traits so to me a real alpha male has those traits mm -hmm. but a lot of people it so at a younger age i kind of did view it because the mexican culture you know there's machismo and right. it's my way the highway you listen to me because i'm the man and my father kind of started out with that but my mother has kind of trained him over the years i think to say this is not how we're going to do this um but i i kind of developed from that i think i started a little bit with that because i was married for five years and i think i had those kind of traits like i'm the man you got to listen to me and things of that nature and then I realized I wasn't even a man. I was lacking a lot of parts that a man should have. And then I developed from that point on. It's so funny because you could talk with my ex-wife now. She's like, you are a completely different person. I wish I was married to you right now. And she's happily engaged right now. But I was like, yeah, because that's the whole thing with life. You grow. And I'm happy that I, I'm not the same person back then because I'd be a total mess still. And so interesting that for some of us, we need like those catalyst moments, right? And this is the whole premise of adversity to advantages. It's like, do we need those catalyst moments to wake us up to how we, what's actually possible about how we can grow and become our best selves? Um, mm -hmm. Do you relate to that? Do you feel like you had your own catalyst moments that helped you wake up? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I still can think of them like they happened yesterday. 
that's the thing. So those are things that I think will never, ever be forgotten. They'll be engraved in my mind, not in a way where I'm not ever going to be able to surpass them, but for in a way for me that I'm going to be extremely grateful every day, that I do remember the times where I've struggled, that I were at my down moments and things like that. And I was able to surpass those moments because I was able to look at them in a different kind of perspective. And that's the problem. I think a lot of people do not want to, don't actually surpass them because they never really grasp any learning things from them and that's the worst that can happen if you go through any type of heartache any hard moments and you really didn't learn anything from it because life tends to be a cycle it'll come back and hit you again and if you're not ready you're going to go through the same type of process and maybe even worse the next time so it's it's very beneficial if you just have the perspective of looking at every obstacle adversity that comes your way as it's happening you know for the better of you not actually to you personally to to knock you down and not help you get back up so to me of course i went through those moments it happened to me uh, the latest one that i was really probably my downest moment happened to me when i was 32 so not too long ago when i actually thought i had a lot of stuff of life figured out Clearly, I did not, and it so really knocked just, me down. Let me just because it sounds like you were on this great trajectory. You're you you got great parents. You 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 go to the states to study. You're playing baseball. You're like a sports guy. You like learn all this stuff. Like it sounds like you're the, the guy who's on the yeah, yeah. On, ooh, on the surface. Hundred percent. You would see me like this guy's got it all figured out. He's doing well. He's you know and, and things of that nature. But you know, mentally I was not. Emotionally I was not. Uh, my communication wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, I, I was able to do things to the perceived eye that I had it together. But then again, then that's not what it's all about. That's why I preach. Yeah, it's great to be healthy physically, but you have to be healthy mentally. And if you don't have those two things, your life will never be at optimal levels. So that's where I got to that point where. I had to hit that low to realize my mental side, my emotional side had a lot of work to do. And what was, that's what, what, was, really, what was going on underneath. So, so on the outside, you're, you're winning, you're killing it. I felt like, honestly, I kind of was like untouchable. There's nothing really yeah. negative that happened to me. And I could really do things and kind of get away with them because I was Javier Gutierrez. And that made no sense whatsoever. Now me, I would probably snack the kid that, that thought that, but, <laughs> Um, that's what I thought. And it, honestly, it, it took somebody like actually having to say, no, you did something you should have done. You're going to be actually now you reprimanded and you have nothing to do about it except sit and think about it. So when I was sitting there and thinking about it, I realized I can either just sit here, waste the time I'm here, make no progress whatsoever, be released and then come back to the same type of life I was living or start making changes with my life right now. Um, and it takes oh, a lot yeah, I'm sorry. Because we, we skipped a step there, right? So you're, okay. you're talking about being on, on the inside. So, so incarcerated or, yes. is that right? So, yes, so take us up to that point. So, so what happened, what went on, and then you find out you're going to spend sort of how long in, in jail? Right. Like, like a, back to that point where, like I said, I was kind of untouchable. So um, once I got done playing baseball, like I said, I started into fit training athletes also got into a little bit of uh, uh, law enforcement related things with task force so i got into that field while i was doing a little bit of training and then um i i ended up doing something that was not supposed to be done 
Um, I ended up taking a bribe for doing things. I thought it was easy. I thought it was simple. And it ended up not being easy and simple. I thought it would just been a smack on the wrist. No problem. Forget about it. It ended up turning into a really, obviously, headache. Where it was actually the very first time I would actually done anything wrong or got caught to do anything wrong, mm-hmm. and I, that's why everybody's like, "Oh, no problem. You, you're you're going to get you know, probably lose your job or get suspended and things like that, but you're not going to have any kind of repercussions whatsoever." And then ended up being you know three years that I was incarcerated, and from that point, obviously there was a shock pattern. I thought three years, wow, what am I going to do? I no longer can go back to this job. I'm going to have this on my record. I don't know where I'm going to go forward after this. It just all kind of hit me. I was like, what is life going to look like after this? Um, And my ex-wife actually, who uh, is a great friend of mine, I still remember her words when she went to go visit me before I actually was, you know, sent off to prison. She was like, don't worry about this. Obviously, you're going to get through it, but you can do whatever you want. It's just a matter of doing the things that you need to do because you're extremely talented. So, Yes, you're no longer going to be doing this, but you can do anything you want. Just focus on what you need to do while you're obviously in this position because nobody else can help you. We can't go in there and like do anything for you. So that's what I did. I was like, when I got taken away, ended up got reduced to 13 months um, because of good time and things of that nature. But all that I started to think about is ways I need to do to improve, ways I need to do to improve thinking of the things that my parents told me back in the day, thinking of everybody who actually, I think was, you know, there's no coincidence in my mind because I do believe in God that I felt God put in around me, even when I was incarcerated, people I didn't know that were helping me along the way. So I felt like all those things were just leading me to prepare myself to when I was released, I was ready to attack life. So, I mean, some of this sounds like the beauty of hindsight, right? Looking back on being incarcerated and going, oh, reflection, and you can see the purpose in it, and it all makes sense, right? From from a spiritual perspective, but just from personal growth, all of that. But I mean, do you remember the moment when you were just like, fuck, I'm like, this is it. Like, they're taking me away, and it's going to, like, when it just hit you? I mean, I, I remember because it was just a shock. My, my lawyer told me, you're going to get probation, no big deal. And it ended up being that. I'm like, is this for real? Is this really happening? He was like, like, there's nothing I can do. I guess this is happening. So at the beginning, like I said, the first probably two weeks to three weeks, I just, I still couldn't believe it. I was was like, this has got, I mean, I got, I got to be able to get out. Right. This this can't happen. And it wasn't, it was like, this is going to happen. So I, first thing, obviously you got to come to a realization that obviously this happened nobody else is at fault but you because you have to take self-responsibility about this in order to do any type of progress and change. So once I got past the shock factor, like I said, that took almost a month. And then I finally got transferred over to where I was going to be at for the the time I was going to be incarcerated. Then that's when I was like, I was very fortunate enough to have everybody around me that I, that I had. I don't know. And honestly, I I, I can't even tell you, I don't know if it were, if I would be where I am right now without everybody that, that was helping me along the way. Um, because I don't believe anybody is really self-made. I think all those people helped me tremendously. And I'll never forget, again, the people who I met, actually, when I was incarcerated, because they helped me along the way, to the fact where I'll still write them letters and I'll still some, send them sometimes, you know, some money here and there, because they made a huge impact in my life. And that, to me, is something that I'll never forget. So the shock factor, obviously, of getting through that moment was, it, it was hard. It was very hard. I think everybody goes through when they go through a hard moment. It's like, wow, maybe it's a personal loved one that, you know, passes away. Something that happens that's really traumatic to them. 
you don't just snap your fingers and the next day you're better. No, and what were some of those feelings that were going on for you? Like, were you were you feeling hopeless? Did you? What yeah, was I felt like I felt obviously completely scared. I felt like yeah. essentially my life life was probably over. What am I going to do after this? It's very hard to get a job, and I went through that process afterwards. Afterwards, because I have that on my record, and then I was like, I mean, I don't. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And, and then the kind of the, after a lot of no's, no's and no's, the chips started falling together, but it was, I was, I mean, all the emotions you could probably think of were just rushing to me, the being scared, the being afraid, the being helpless, the being not knowing what, what my future is going to hold anymore. Um, and I was at an age where people had their things. Yeah, of course, disappointed in myself. And then, but at that age, I was like, what am I going to do at 35? Because this is an age where you should have your shit figured out. And I was just going to have to start beginning. And that was a scary part of it over because if I was beginning at 22, 23, it's different. But I'm beginning at 35. So I'm like, this is going to be a, a really uphill challenge. But again, I realized if I got myself in this, I can get myself out of this. So that's what was my approach when I started to really sit down and kind of look in the mirror. And so you're, you're reflecting, obviously you're part of the, whatever the schedule is on the inside and what do you start doing maybe to develop yourself or to, to stay sane? Or you, you said you had people around you, but what were the things that were just keeping you okay? Well, I mean, honestly, at that point, I was just taking it day by day. Yeah, um, day at a time. Really wasn't going past that, but I was just taking it day by day, trying to see what I was happening. And eventually I kind of got into a good routine of, um, of going to like church services there, making sure I'm going outside, still doing physical activity because I had that opportunity there. Um, talking and not being isolated because that's one of the most, probably most terrible things you could do. So I made sure I, I, I established good friendship. It, again, that, that, that comes with people, like I said, that kind of surrounded me were just made, ideally pretty much there to help me, I think. So all those things started kind of developing as time passed. But it, again, at the beginning, it was day by day. And I just really didn't know what the next day was going to hold. Yeah. And I think that's just a really valuable piece to highlight to, to people because um, in hindsight, we can go, you know, I understand the learning and the friendships and everything makes sense in a, in a way, right? But those early days, like when I was out of alcohol addiction and uh, I've left a cult and all this sort of stuff, it used to just be the just for today uh, mindset, which was like, how do I do this hour? How do I do yeah. this meeting? How do I communicate and not lose my shit, <laughs> you know, in this one moment and just like bite-sizing it down, right, to, to actually get through stuff before I could start to see like, oh, maybe there's a skill I can build or maybe there, it doesn't all fit together. You don't, like I always say, I've never had the perfect like three-year plan or like, oh, in this year of being incarcerated, I'm going to learn this, survive this. We don't exactly. know that like, growth is, is, is hidden when you're in it, right? And, and now you have this beautiful mindset around like understanding that life is going to throw curveballs and it's about what is our a- approach to it. But when you're in it, and I want people listening to know that that's, normal and okay to not have the perfect plan of what growth is going to feel like right um yeah yeah and it's um but it ends up the bit being building blocks i guess over time and it's the same thing with how i teach a fitness realm it's like you have to take it day by day meal by meal you can't go from i've never done this and or i haven't done this in years to let's let's do it in a month like hardcore i mean you have to build the blocks to get to the foundation to where now you're you're doing things a lot easier and it just becomes a day-to-day routine and for me like i said it, it, it took a while because even at the beginning you're, you're sending letters i'm sending letters to my parents and things like that they're not getting it for like two three weeks 
So I'm thinking, are they getting it? Are they not talking? Are they not writing to me? What am I thinking? Yeah. I mean, I know they love me, but I was like, I'm not hearing from them. Um, and then when my mom and f- finally came to see me, which probably was two months into me actually being incarcerated, when it finally actually w- was her first opportunity to come, she was like, I've been trying to talk with you. We just, obviously it takes a long time, blah, blah, blah. So to me, obviously that was a huge feeling like weight off my shoulders when she first came in because they mean so much to me, but it is a day by day thing. And, and everybody just has to realize that sometimes a win is just going to bed waking up the next morning and then just trying to attack that day, you know, because that you, you have to take it that way to build the foundation to, to where eventually it becomes, so now I have a month plan or whatever, or or a couple weeks, but it has to start at something. I love that comparison to our physical health and fitness and, and you can't just go like win the Olympics, right? Because you want to, or because you think you like to visualize it. You can hold something in your mind, but you've got to go one day at a time and build up our capacity to even see more um, yep. over time. Um, and so you're, you're, all these sorts of things are happening. You don't know if you're gonna have three years, it obviously reduces and you can sort of see the end in sight, like what's going on in your mind? Did you have a plan for getting out or were you just like excited? Yeah, no, the funny thing, so when it was three years and then there, I got transferred to something where it would automatically kind of cut off, I think it was six months at that time. Um, and then they're like, because of your situation and your circumstances, first time, you know, clean record, you may get something in the mail that drops off more time. That was obviously every single day I'd go to the mail and hopefully like, it's today, today, it's today, today. Oh, wow. And it actually didn't come to like two months, actually no, sorry, excuse me, 12 months into my incarceration. I finally got something in the mail saying you're going to be released in the month. So, so that was obviously a great thing, but imagine every single day going to the mailbox, trying to find something and it takes you one year to finally get that something. So, um, it it was, it was a great feeling, but again, that was something that didn't happen to a lot of people. Like the people were waiting for it, waiting for it. And some people were eventually there, you know, two years or whatever the time frame they were, they never got that letter that they could have obviously been qualified. could have been just a random lottery. Who knows how they do that. But it, it was, yeah, it, it was a difficult situation. I really didn't have much of a plan coming out. I'm like, I'm going to have to get some type of job because I have a son. Um, he needs, obviously, his father back, not only emotionally, physically, but financially. So I went through a lot of process where people would interview me like, hey, you're great. You, you communicate well, this and that. And then they would get to, oh, but you have this. And and that would be the, the, the no. Um, they were like, couple people would try to do what they could and then it still wasn't no. I mean, it wasn't, they had superiors that said, no, we can't do it. So it, it went through a lot of no's where I finally got a yes at, um, at a job. And then after that point, it was actually in the, in the fitness realm. From that point on, I just, it just kind of, my clientele grew tremendously. Um, I was really connecting with everybody I was working with. People were on a wait list wanting to train with me and work with me. And then that's when I eventually said, I'm going to kind of branch out and do this an entrepreneur way and do it on my own. Cause I felt that was the best way for me. And then it, something in me was calling me to come to Chicago. So I made this step to come to Chicago again, brand new guy. Nobody really knew anybody. And it's, it's just been an amazing journey since then. And so how old was your son when you were incarcerated? So he, he would have been um, six, six years old um, when I was incarcerated. So very young still, obviously. To me, that's what hurt the most because... That's what I was wondering. Exactly. I mean, it's me that I know it's, it's not an ideal situation, obviously, but it's, it's just me. I can deal with that. But me thinking my son's out there 
my parents are probably just even more worried than I am and they're older. So obviously I, I value their health and things of that nature. I, all those things were to me is like, were hurting me more to be honest at the beginning stages and during the whole time, because I knew I wasn't just affecting me. It was affecting other people's lives. Yeah. And, that, and I'm just asking these questions. So, so people get a picture of that, the, the overarching emotional strain, which isn't just yeah. appointment in yourself and that sort of thing, but the, the not knowing this kind of limbo situation of not knowing how long this is going to be and what future holds. And, and you described so beautifully your parents being great role models for you. And now you're the dad who's incar incarcerated, right? And so, so it's just a, like if you sit with the negativity of the thoughts, right, it can just get, send you into a complete spin. And then you're going to the mailbox every day and going, well, well I guess something, well, I guess something, like yeah. down and up, down, up, down, yeah. right? Well, even at that point, even if I wasn't getting the letter saying, hey, we're going to knock off some time, I just wanted communication with people on the outside. Because right. it, obviously you don't know it. You're getting a letter from your sister, your, your son, your ex-wife. Uh, you want this communication with people because it, it just makes you feel better. Uh, it's people you love, people in your circle, people you really care about. So that to me was like every single day, I, it was a good day when I would get a letter from somebody. And that's why I know I still do that. I send people letters. It's like, mm -hmm. I know that feeling. I know that feeling it felt when I got it, opened it up and somebody wanted to talk with me. And even if it's just random things, you know, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. I know that they're going to feel great just by getting it. So to me, again, that's why I continue to do that because I, I, I personally was there. I feel it. So what do you think is the biggest thing that, that you learned or that's changed from the guy you were before to the guy you were after this, the, the incarceration? Well, I definitely learned that regardless. I mean, we all have the ability to do amazing things. That's 100% true. But we also are not untouchable so we have to understand that regardless I, and I thought i was untouchable so i thought i was like I'm, i live well i have a good job whatever i mean no, there's nothing wrong can happen with me i have a clean record but I, I really learned the fact that there are repercussions there are going to be repercussions if you do negative things and it doesn't necessarily mean you to the point of incarceration but if you start hanging around toxic relationships your mindset's going to shift if you don't take care of your health other things are going to dip. So all things have repercussions in life. So now it really made me really think, let's stay on top of my, my mental health, stay on top of my physical health, um, stay on top of building great relationships and stay on top of those relationships. To begin again, without those three things at optimal levels, I think you really are missing something. Like I could be successful, but my relationships are suffering. I'm not going to be as happy. I could be successful. My health is deteriorated and I'm not going to be as happy. So all those things to me are just pillars. So I really learned to put focus on the right and prioritize those things. And then just really kind of have that mindset that there are other things that are going to pop up as far as adversity and obstacles. But I think I'm much better prepared to deal with those as I move forward now. And so you're obviously an entrepreneur and you've been building your own, your own business, your own brand, your, 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 um, your own platform. And I love what you're saying about balance in a way, which is we can't just invest in one side and not somewhere else because it ends up having a cause and effect sort of reaction. But I also, I, I run my own business and I know that um, you got to put a lot of work in, right? To, to get things off the ground. Like, um, and there are times when I focus more on my work, you know, like the, the percentage is higher maybe that I'm focusing in on work and then I've got to pull back and I've got to do relations, think about relations, you know? Like, yeah. what, what, how, do you, how do you keep the balance when you are building a business, I guess? 
it's not easy. And when people tell me they don't have enough time, I kind of laugh because I tell them I have my business business. I'm also an actor. Yeah. I have a new tequila drink coming out. So now I'm investing time in this business as far as my tequila beverage. Um, I'm also a father. Yeah. I have all the things that too that I could make excuses for. But at the end of the day, I was like, the, the finding the balance for me is this. So if I'm very busy in one section like this next two weeks, I will reach out and tell the people like in my relationships, hey, I may be a little absent on some of these things. Um, I promise you I will make it up when I kind of check these things off that I have to. And they're very understanding of that because they're, I'm, I'm reaching out to them. I'm telling them, this is a priority right now. Not to say that you are not important, but this is a priority. Let me get this. And as soon as I you know, kind of get this under control, then I'm going to prioritize some time. Or even if there's you know, a lunch here or a coffee here, it's something where, again, you need to really make sure you're valuing every moment of that time. So for me, it's just really kind of giving them the mindset and myself and people I work with that you don't have to spend hours on your health. You can just do a 30 minute, this, a, a walk, something with nature, something to clear your mind. You maybe 15 minutes of meditation. You don't have to like spend hours and hours and hours on it. And it's your misconception in order to be healthy. You, you do, and you don't, you're not going to be on a stage you know, on a bodybuilding stage performing for people, they spend hours, but that's not the objective. The objective is obviously just to live a healthy life, look as best as you can, feel as best as you can, and then still have obviously the, the, the business, you know, thriving and working on that and, and everything you do because obviously you have to pay the bills. So I understand that. And the balance just comes with, with making sure you're prioritizing and making time for the things. And sometimes other things are going to be a little bit more time heavy. That's perfectly fine. Maybe the next week you can shift a little bit more on the other things. So obviously it, it shifts depending on what's going on and you, you want to have some conscious thought and not just be in reaction, right? In order to assess what you need and you know uh, how you can invest in all aspects of your life. Do you have any like non-negotiables though? I know you're into the physical fitness side, so you obviously prioritize that. But from a mindset perspective, you, you mentioned meditation. There's so many different things that different people do. And I always say it's not a one size fits all and it can evolve over time. Right. But I'm curious about like, what, what do you try and incorporate in your day? Well, for me, my, my keeping my physical fitness and my time in the gym, you know, lifting weights is also my mindset approach. I don't work out with people and people like, Hey, can I go work out with you and don't be offended, but this is me time. So I put on my music, I put it on a podcast, whatever I'm listening to. And I'm just focusing mentally on me and and thinking about the things and also on my, on my body. So it's a 45, one hour timeframe that I block off my calendar. And again, I'm trying to, to go out there to push my body and push my mind to do the thing. So it's, it's both physical and mental for my opinion. Um, but again, again, other people may do something else and that's perfectly fine. It, it is a, not a black and white. I mean, there's a lot of gray to it. So for me, I find people and personalize it to what works best for you because you're not going to do exactly what works best for me. You're not going to love it maybe as much as I do. Um, but if you do great, then this is what worked for me. Maybe it works well for you, but if it doesn't, we'll find what works best for you. But we have to find whatever kind of you know, works with our lifestyle and our approach to life. And I think that's really the main thing is just to make time for it. So it could be just yoga. It could be, you know, just walking with your dog. It could be a bike ride. If you live in a, you know, temperature place that's, that allows for bike rides, Yeah. but it's finding something and then just prioritizing it. it. That's really what it is about for me. Like I said, I choose this because I've seen the benefits that it's been in my life and I'm probably going to be doing it till, you know, I, I can't move anymore. So I feel like that's just going to pretty much implemented a part of my life. And so do you think that we need adversity to, to help us grow? 
And, and I'm going to push that one step further. You have your, your son. How old's your son now? My son is now 15. He's 15. Oh my goodness. My son just turned 16. So I'm like in that zone. Yeah. I mean, has this affected your parenting? Like this is always people go, oh yeah, we need adversity. And I'm happy we had the adversity and it's so great. And I'm so strong. And then I flip it and I go, do you want your kid to your son to face adversity so that he can come out the other side with the kind of mindset stuff that you're talking about? Or do you think as a parent, there's some magic way that we can go, we can teach them, you know, yeah. don't mind your own parents that you're like, they said all the right shit, right? I know, I, I know. Well, here's the thing. I, like, I'm not proud of the way I learned. I wish I would have learned a different way, 100%. Uh, people say, I talk about it, I'm like, oh, you're proud that you went through it? I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm not proud that I went through it. I wish I would have went through it a different way, but I am thankful that what I learned from it because I'd still be a mess. Yeah. So for me, I had to go through it. Um, it do you do I think you have to go through adversity and every single thing in order to learn something? I hope not because you're just going to live a life full of adversity. That's where I'm like, we have the benefits now. Like, be open to hearing people, their stories, whatever they're talking about. Because if you can avoid an obstacle, avoid it. You don't have to go through it. But there are some things you're probably going to have to go through. And that's just really the only way they're going to hit hard. Because like I said, I had two parents that were telling me the right things. They weren't telling me the wrong things. They were not spending time with me. They were not being loving and caring. They were doing everything that a parent should do. And I tried to do it with my son, but I wasn't listening. So I had to go through that aspect. And, and what I want to teach my son and what I try to teach him is if you go through anything hard in life, one, don't avoid it, number one. Go yeah. through it because you're not going to obviously choose to do something bad in order to go through like incarceration. My dad did it, so I, I, I can do it. No, don't do that, obviously. But I mean, it, there's challenges and obstacles. Don't avoid it because it's hard. Go through the hard things because it will teach you so many life lessons. But again, take every single thing you go through and find the positives in it because do not ignore them. Do not just go through it and because everything's going to have every adversity has expiration it's going to end at some point but you just want to grab everything you possibly can out of it because you want to come out better or else it's kind of a wasted adversity so that's what i teach them is like don't ignore things because they're hard do them but learn 100 percent as much as you can through them because that's how you grow that's how i grew but i don't expect you to make the same mistakes i did so there's something about yes adversity is going to come and but it's about how we view that so if we develop a growth mindset and change our perspective. Hundred percent. That's a perspective, and I, I, I love doing things that are challenging for me right now. Back in the day, I, I really did it. I was playing baseball, obviously, that was challenging. But it, I wasn't like looking for something. Oh, public speaking. I don't like public speaking. I'm going to avoid it. That's what I would have done. And now I'm like, I'm going to pursue it. Now I've realized I can get better from it. And I could grow from it. I can become a better individual and human being, which spills into becoming a better father. Mm -hmm. So to me, all those things are connected. That's why I pursue and that's why I kind of want to teach them. You won't only grow, obviously you're growing, obviously you're going to become an adult and things of that nature, but you're not only going to grow in one kind of area, you'll kind of spill over into everything if you really try to just pursue growth. I, I mean, I think that's essentially what has helped me and anyone that we've interviewed on the podcast who has moved their life forward in a dramatic way. It's the perspective, yeah. eventually, it teaches us, right? Um, that like, bring it on, you know? Um, anything that comes at me, right? I'm a bit like, all right, I'm ready, you know? Um, and I do hear people kind of go, oh, it's terrible. Like, I'm always going to have something. You can either do it like that, or you can be like, I'm always going to have something, and I'm going to be ready, you know? Um, 
life is always going to be, it's never going to be easy. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, unless you're just sitting at home and even if you sit at home and do nothing, eventually it's going to be hard relationship wise, financially, something's going to be, become a challenge or bring stress into your life. So I'd rather bring it in and in, in a positive way Then, if I'm going to tackle something, I want to tackle something that's going to make me better. Can make me a better father, human being, you know, yeah. partner for somebody as, as I move into relationships and things of that nature. So you have to really kind of have that perspective that adversity is there to help us. It's not there to just, you know, hurt us in, in particular. It just helps us evolve into who our, our best potential. And, and that's a pretty exciting thing. Uh, so what's your main message when you're where you want to do some public speaking and you're and you're getting out there in a bigger way? What's your main message? So all those events and speaking engagements I've been doing, the main message is, is a couple, basically. Number one is prioritize your physical health and mental health. I yeah. think it, you need those two aspects in life, um, whatever physical health means to you, but just stay healthy because you, you live life better when you're healthy, you move better and things of that nature. Um, prioritize what you put into your body, your nutrition, and then prioritize your mindset. Obviously, make sure you're looking at things in life that – in a, in a helpful way for you to move forward and not in a detrimental way. So you want to obviously have those positive things. If you're around people that are extremely negative, maybe learn a way to kind of remove them, insert them with other people who are positive. I mean, you really don't want to be around toxic relationships. You want to be around positive ones. You want to be around people who help you grow and have that mindset, like I said, that where adversity comes, because it will, that you are able to go through it. And not only you're going to go through it, you're going to come out better for it. Lovely. That's such an exciting message and one that we say, we, sometimes we say that we agree with that, right? I definitely think physical health and mental health is important. And then I'm like, work becomes everything, right? So being I able to, have, right? I, I was going to say, I have clients that way too. They're very extremely successful business-wise, businessmen. And they're like, I haven't paid attention to my health in the last three years. And I'm starting to get little ailments here and there because yeah. of the body. If we're not more robust human beings, we're made to move. Our bodies are made to move. And when we're sedentary, things start hurting. You hear noises coming out of your body. You're like, where? I didn't hear this when I was in my 20s or 30s yeah, and, yeah, and stuff like that. So that's why I always emphasize 15, 20 minutes. If, if it's been a while, you don't have to give me an hour. Do something for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then gradually increase, increase it, increase it. And it's just about, like I said, making a priority wherever you're at. If you're traveling, there's something you can do in a hotel. You can go out and do a walk. You can do this and that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, you have to get inside a gym or a studio to do something. Just stay active. And, and then obviously be, be cautious on how, how we eat. You don't have to eat perfectly, but you have to eat consistently well, in my opinion. And I like what you're saying. You're saying prioritize these things. That means give some thought to it. You have to. At the end of the day, you have to say, this is my, that's what I do. If you look at my calendar, it says me time. And that many time for me is is going to either work out, to meditate, to to maybe even prepare a healthy meal for me because I enjoy doing things like that. It's just, you know, self self improvement time. It's time for me. So I want to block that off. And there's some days where that block is maybe only 45 minutes, and there's some days it could be 90 minutes. But it's again, you're you're making time for it whenever you can. Yeah, but prioritizing it. I love it so much. I always need to hear the thing. I always interview the person that I need to hear the most from. So I'm like, okay, yes, let me get back on it, right? Um, so um, where can people find you if they want you speaking or to find out more about your message? Yeah, so absolutely. You can find me on my website. My website is JavierGutierrez.net. Um, um, respond to emails through there, get in contact with me with, with there through any type of advice. Also very active on my social media with Instagram, fitness, W Javier, fitness with Javier. If you send a message, me or my team will get back to you as soon as possible. 
Um, and if you're in the area, even if you want to just have coffee, talk about life or relationships, we can do that. We don't always have to talk about the, the daunting stuff. But if you want to, that's what I'm here for. I love it so much. Cool. We'll add all of that into uh, the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for your time all the way from Chicago. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Have a good evening. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.